the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's going on, y'all? Bud Elliott here, and I'm really excited to have a special episode of Cover 3 today. We have Sean Lewis, the head coach of Kent State, offense coordinator Andrew Souter, and defensive coordinator Jeremiah Johnson. And I know these guys listen to the show. I'm like, hey, we can have some coaches on. This would be really fun. And Kent State has gone to two bowls in the last couple of years. In my lifetime, they have gone to three bowls. So these guys have done, You may, if you're a casual college ball fan, you may not realize it, but They've done a hell of a job there so far at Kent State. Played for the MAC title, two other second places in their division. You know, one of the favorites again this year, guys. Well, welcome to the show, Bud. Appreciate yeah. you. Thanks for having us. Thank on. you. No doubt about it. Yeah, we, we don't talk a ton of MAC, but I, I feel like we, we talk more MAC than than some shows do. So, uh, you guys took your lumps in year one, fourteen and six in the conference. Since what what's been the key for for the improvement so far with Kent State? I really think it's just been the consistency of our kids and the work that they're putting in, bud, right? We've been able to have some continuity and consistency offensively, um, bringing JJ on board this year defensively. But, you know, the consistency that our work, of the work that the kids have put in, these guys have done an unbelievable job buying into our vision, buying into our plan, doing things our way, and, and then, you know, building and growing off of that. Staff's done a great job putting a fence up around the state of Kent and in the area that we identify, you know, as our major areas for talent acquisition and keeping those guys home and flipping the roster. And then again, just developing those guys because of the resources that we poured into the player development area and building this thing up. No doubt about it. All right. So you guys are sit at one and three on the season, which record not so great, but also let's take a look at who you've played and it's, Oh, uh, Washington <laughs> at Oklahoma and at Georgia, three road games there. I, I just want to get y'all's reaction. When you saw the schedule, wh what did you think? Let's go. Anyone, anytime, anywhere. Uh, it's news for other people, and obviously a lot's been made about it, but it's what we've done each and every single year since we've been here. So let's go make some hay. Let's go get tested. Let's go learn about our team. Let's go get tested so we can know who we can trust, and, and let's go get it on. Yeah, I would just add that we've we've known about it for a long time, um, so we've had some time to to mentally prepare for it and get ready for it. But like Coach said, we, we do this every year. Um, our guys have played in some big environments. We've been to Penn State. We've been to Texas A&M, Iowa, Ole Miss. So um, it wasn't really anything really new for our guys. From a recruiting standpoint, are you able to to sell that as well? Hey, we, we will go. Like, if you're good enough to play in the NFL, we will showcase your talents against guys, you know, who are at the very top of these power conferences. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, everyone wants to see good on good, best on best. Right. And so whenever NFL personnel comes through, I mean, those are the games that they point to and they want to see how guys produce in those moments. So it's a great stage, you know, for our kids and obviously for everyone that gets recruited, that's the ultimate goal. And they want to know what that path looks like at your program. So we're able to paint a pretty clear, clear picture about what that is here at Kent State. If you guys haven't watched Kent State at, at home, um, I, I really enjoy watching their offense. Andrew, how, how would you guys describe you know, what you guys run? Where we've evolved in the last few years is we do a lot of shifts and motions. So you're still going to get the wide splits. You're still going to get the, the tempo. We're still going to throw it all over the yard. But we've ran the ball really well here the past couple of years, and uh, we do it in a lot of different ways. That's interesting you say I had to adapt to the personnel, obviously. Um, playing the, the, the teams that you've played so far, entering the year, how how are you trying to work in the new pieces on offense? Because you obviously you, you lose Crum, you lost Johnson, you lost Abram outside, and yet y'all are still top ten in the nation and passes to outside receivers so far, uh, like on, on a percentage basis. So, what what was your plan to work these guys in against such a, a unique non conference schedule? Yeah, I think our our quarterback play has been solid. Um, we had Dustin Crum the past few years, and he was a multi multi first team all conference guy and and uh now we've got a guy named colin schley who's coming up and he's been in the system for for a few years so he's been in the system coach lewis has great done a great job developing him and, and he's come in and we haven't really skipped a beat at the quarterback position but uh, we filled in some good receivers dante Sebas has been here for a long time he's picked up where he left off last year Devontae walker is a kid that played a little bit for us last year as a freshman and and he's really stepped up had a great game against georgia so feel really good about our guys outside and um, you know, it's, it's some new names, but it's guys that have been here and put in the work behind the scenes and, and now are seeing the, the fruits of that work. Are there spots on the roster that, you know, just given that you guys have played right, that you, you think, you know what you have, but maybe you don't know what you have as far as against Mac competition. Yeah, I think one of the big question marks going into this season was our offensive line. We've got some young guys there, and they've really stepped up and played well. And we played some really good D, D linemen, some really good rush ins, and um, they've done a good job holding their own. So it's been good to get those questions answered. And um, obviously, we're really battle tested now going into the MAC, and and uh, some guys have stepped up. And to your point, uh, only 66th in the country in pressure rate allowed. Which again, if you're a MAC school playing Georgia, Washington, Oklahoma, that's that's pretty nuts considering you're not playing with the lead all that often in those ball games. Uh, JJ, let's let's talk defense a little bit. And I want to ask Sean first. Sean, what what did you see in JJ's defense that made you bring him over from Northern Iowa? Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing that I learned about JJ before we even dive into the structure of it all was just the, the caliber of human being that he was, you know, and the way that he cared for his guys and the longevity and the consistency of success that he had when he was at Northern Iowa. So that first drew me to him. And then also what I really liked schematically was that it was really a positionless defense, so to speak, right? You, you could attract all these different body types. You could deploy them in a different manner and you could play with how you're going to fit things out and some of the chaos that you could dictate and cause. And, you know, that's been what we've been able to do. Um, he's done a great job limiting the explosive plays. Uh, he'll be the first to tell you that we got to play better. We all know that. And I know his standard is incredibly high, but each and every single week we've gotten better and better and better against quality opponents. And I continue to look forward to that growth as we continue to go. To your point. I, so you guys allowed 45 to Washington. Uh, I mean, like they put up 40 on Stanford and 39 on Michigan State, right? The only team so far this year to hold Oklahoma under 34 points is Kent State. And also, I think the only team 
do we really count what they did against Stanford? Because the Stanford coach is the first guy to hire Kirby, and they totally called the dogs off in the second half. It, it was sort of a, a respect thing, I think. But uh, the only FBS team to hold Georgia under 40 so far this year. So if you look at, at the common opponents and, and who these these teams have played, I some of the surface numbers may not show up, but like my advanced stats say, say Kent State's defense has taken a, a major step forward. You know, JJ, particularly in the explosive player, is that – is that an emphasis for you? How are you guys limiting these explosive plays? Because last year it seemed like they, you know, there were quite a few explosives hit on Kent State. Yeah, I think, I mean, yes, it's definitely a point of emphasis. Um, honestly, I've my entire career, the emphasis has been to stuff the run and don't give up big plays. And if you can do those two things, obviously you have a chance to stop people. Um, you know, and we we've given up more explosives through four games than we need. Um, and hopefully as we continue to push forward and the kids understand what we're trying to do, um, those numbers will drop immensely um, as well as, you know, points allowed. It's hard to, it's, I don't care how good the offense is. If we give up 45 and 33 and 39, we're not going to win. So we, we've got to get better. It doesn't matter who we play. For sure. I, for you, it is. I feel like in, in college football defense now, it's it's harder to play open field defense, and you're seeing a lot of these teams. But Arkansas is probably the, the best example of this, right? They they seem to play differently inside the tight zone, and they just really want to deny ex, explosive pass plays. They'll actually give up some explosive run plays. I was I was looking at you know, y'all's advanced stats page. It, it kind of mirrors what Arkansas did last year under Barry Odom, right? No no explosive passes, you know, relative to competition, some explosive runs, but not ones that finish in the end zone and then, and then tighten it up down there. Who are some guys that, that are standing out for you now on, on defense you want to give shout outs to? Uh, Nico Bolden has probably been our, our most productive guy through four games. Um, and he plays a position really that allows him to be productive. Um, DJ Miller and Montre Miller are, are two corners. Um, I've been really, really pleased with the way they've played over the course of four games. Um, and then Caleb Johns, our Mike, has been awesome. Like he's he's just, he's tough, he's smart, he's fast, physical. He's really been a catalyst for, for what we've been able to do uh, so far. But like I said, we've got a long ways to go. No doubt about it. So as you guys come up on the MAC season, uh, you made the MAC title game, Last year, it didn't go your way, but a, really the, one of the most consistent teams in the MAC over the last three years with, with, with two seconds and, and a first in the division. I thought the MAC showed pretty well the last two weeks, right? Eastern Michigan goes and gets an update or gets an upset over over, uh, over Arizona State. You got Miami, Ohio going beating Northwestern. What what are sort of the challenges you see in, in this year's MAC as, as far as some of your advanced scout stuff you guys have been doing? I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is you got to get into it and you got to learn how people are going to play it when you get into the league, right? Everyone has the same kind of battles when it comes to the non-conference play and playing out of schedule and the way that they they management. You know, everyone has a little bit different philosophy about that. There's been quite a bit of changeover in talent when it comes to the players and the coaches, the way that some things have moved around and shaked, right? So you got to learn the new pieces. So, you know, some faces are very, very familiar, right? Like going in this week with Ohio, you know, with, with Rourke, the quarterback, we know him pretty intimately. JJ's going to learn about him with his first time going against him, but we've seen him over the years, right? So you kind of, you talk in shop about what those pieces are able to do. 
But then, you know, everyone's moving around. That's kind of the era of college football that we're in right now, players and coaches alike. And so you got to see how those pieces settle in and how then they're going to go get deployed and utilized when you get into conference play. And I think that's what makes the league so exciting is that, you know, hey, who can play the most consistent, who can be the most disciplined, whether it's a Saturday night here in October or Saturday evening in October, all the way through to who, who can be focused and locked in come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, matching in November as you ride this whole thing out. You mentioned figuring out how teams are going to play once they get into their conference slate. Internally, is that something you guys have to balance? Like we want to run our stuff. We want to rep our stuff. Is what we do in the conference season really, does that give us also the best chance to win, you know, the the, the non-conference games you guys mentioned? And do you think y'all's approach varies from the approach of some other schools? Like, Or do you think some schools save it all for, for conference season in your league? Maybe not naming names, but you notice big time differences? I think each each program kind of has different philosophical you know ways that they uh, attack it. Um, for us, I'd be hypocritical to say, "Hey, we're going to go handle these games a certain kind of way, and then these other games a certain kind of way." Like kids are really really smart, and, and they're going to pick up on that. And you can't tell them one thing and then go do another, right? And then you stand in front of them and you tell them, "Hey, you know what you do speak so loud, I can hardly hear what you say." Well, they will turn back and look at you like, "Coach, well, hold up, time out." Like, why are we doing this when we say that? So. You know, we go after each and every single one, and we talk to our kids all the time. Like, dude, we're going to go get in a fight. And, and as long as we got reason to fight, we're going to fight all the way through, and we're going to fight to the finish. And so our kids have done that. They've responded to that in all the years that we've been going and attacking this non-conference deal. And then because we get great quality reps at who we are and, and running our stuff against quality opponents. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, when you're a little kid, we were kind of talking about, you know, our little ones, bud, before we jumped on here, right? Like, you put that donut on the bat, and you hack it around a little bit, and then, you know, you get really good at it. So then – you drop the donut off and you feel like you can rip that thing pretty good once the donut comes off the bat, you know, so we want to go get after it and then, you know, attack the league because we've gotten great quality work, you know, outside the league prior to jumping into it this week against Ohio. Did you guys, uh, did you guys get out okay health-wise through those Yeah, we're games? good. We're, we're in a great spot. You know, we lost one kid who's really a glue guy, our, our special teams captain. Um, you know, Isaac Vance is going to be down for the year, um, but he was unfortunately the, the only one, um, you know, we got normal kind of wear and tear bumps and bruises from, four quarter football games, you know, against, you know, power five opponents. But again, our kids are resilient. They're, they're warriors and they embrace it and we'll take care of them through the week so that they can be right for game day and we'll go get after it again. Andrew, uh, Sean mentioned the different kind of looks you get in these games. The, the one that that just going through y'all's offense in prior years versus what you've seen so far this year, uh, you guys have faced a lot of man coverage so far. Actually top 20 in the country in terms of man coverage faced. I assume you would like to see that trend continue in the MAC, but it probably won't, just given that the type of you know DBs everybody has. How do you prep for something you're going to see so so much differently in conference season compared to you know, the amount of man you guys have seen so far? Yeah, I think anytime you're playing up a level, you're going to see a lot of man, and that's really, I mean, that's what Georgia does against everybody. So yeah. they're going to play a lot of man. Oklahoma is going to play a lot of man this year with what Venables did at Clemson. So. We knew that going in, and, and again, we we know every time we play Power Five teams, we're probably going to see quite a bit of it. So that's something we're we're preparing for all off season with press releases, press technique, all that kind of stuff, um, all kind of man technique. Um, because what we tell our receivers is, if you can beat press man against Oklahoma and and Georgia, you you can get it open against any sort of coverage. It's much harder to get open against man than it is zone. So. We are probably going to see a little bit less man as we get into the MAC. We've got to do a really good job sitting in open space and and being right with our choices, um, especially in the slot because we have a lot of that, a lot of field routes like that. So 
Um, we've got to do a good job once we see that. But uh, again, if you can beat man against uh, some of the caliber DBs that we've been seeing, then you should be all right the rest of the year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No doubt about it. Um, do you feel like, like, like Schley is coming along well as far as you know finding those guys in the zone and, and the chemistry they have? I assume you rep against a lot of zone in your practices. Yeah, we do. He's doing a good job. One thing he's really good at is is breaking the pocket. We've got some some play action stuff with him that's been really good. And when he starts scrambling around, um, we've we've done a good job of working our scramble rules. So far, awesome. Uh, JJ, you guys run a lot of zone anyway, so I I assume that will probably stay. I mean, without giving away your trade secrets. Um, I assume that's something you guys are going to try to emphasize as well in, in, in conference. What do you feel like your, your kids are playing at a level of confidence right now that they can go and continue the, you know, the defensive success that if you look at the opponent adjusted stuff, obviously it says they've had so far. Yeah. I mean, I do. I think that ultimately the best thing that that happened through the first four weeks is our kids have felt themselves at times compete against some really, really, high caliber dudes. And so they know, you know, what the stuff that they're doing is working. Um, we just have to be able to string it together for four quarters instead of, you know, a couple of good series here or, or what have you. We played a really good first half against Oklahoma and then we kind of ran out of juice a little bit and, and that snowball got big, but the kids know when they execute and they play with great discipline that they can stop anybody in the country. At least that's what they think and that's what i want them to think um you know and, and so they've figured out that when everybody does their job our stuff is is pretty good is there a spot on your defense that maybe has played okay or or, or decently but you feel like if they're they're, they're still coming along and if, if they take that that step up your defense can go from taking a step forward to maybe a big step forward uh you know over what it's been in the past couple of years well i, I mean this is going to probably not be what you want to hear, but all three levels we need to get. Sure. You know, we're, we're not making enough plays, honestly, for us to be an elite defense, which is what we want to do. Um, we need to, to do a better job affecting the quarterback. Um, and we did finally get a couple of takeaways last Saturday. Um, but, you know, I mean, we just we've got to get we've got to get better collectively. And the kids are working their tails off and uh, are doing everything we're asking them to do. I think once they, you know, with every rep that they take, they're learning another 
two or 300 level course that is going to serve us well as we move forward. Um, it's just maybe not happening as fast as any of us would like for it to happen. For sure. Sean, so one of the unique things about the Mac, and, and there's a lot of unique things, obviously, but I'm sure as a coach coming into the league, you have to learn it. You guys are playing games on Tuesday, Wednesday, another Wednesday. At, there's a lot of, of games being played that are not on, on, on normal days. And there's the whole fan conversation, like, is that good for the fans? Like, your, your fans at home get to see you, but, like, it may be tougher for some people to travel, you know, to see a Tuesday ball game. But from a prepping your team standpoint, what did it take you a long time to get – used to being able to do that what what are some of the the things that you guys do to make sure you're prepped for those you know games that are on, on kind of non uh, non-traditional days shall we say yeah i mean in terms of getting used to it and accustomed to it pretty fortunate from the time that bg you know coming here and getting a chance to feel it as an assistant and see the plan that we were able to work with coach babers when we were there together and then kind of refine it a little bit and make it our own um, so that we could tack it to the best of our ability here at Kent State and what suited us. I mean, I think that the thing I think that really helps us is that we like to be organized and detailed well in advance, right? So we're going to build out our calendar and make sure that, you know, the way that we're training and the way that we're going about things is in alignment with when those days are going to fall. And then I think all of us in the sports world, right, like we live, particularly football coaches, around game day. Like that's, I mean, the, the seasons of our lives are predicated upon, you know, the the seasons that we've had, right? Like it's not, everyone else can live in, hey, it's this year or that year. And it's like, well, hey, that was the year that I was at Syracuse and that was year two at Syracuse and that was year three at Kent State and so on and so forth, right? So our worlds revolve around game day. And so we just build it out. You know, when we play on a Tuesday, okay, that Tuesday is like a Saturday. So Monday is like a Friday. And at that point in time, thank goodness for all of our wives that take care of our children because I'll be leaving and, you know, it's Saturday morning and she's getting ready for, you know, flag football and I'm rolling out and thinking that it's Tuesday. Like, why is everyone home? How come you guys aren't away at school or whatever the case might be? She's like, well, because knucklehead, it's it's Saturday morning and in your world, it's Tuesday. But for the rest of reality, it's Saturday. So go have a great day. And, you know, that, that's the way you go about it. Right. And so, again, you just got to be you know, smart about it. You have to be detailed. You got to lean on smart people. And fortunately, with like our strength and conditioning staff and our sports medicine people and, you know, the GPS data that we have and the resources at our disposal here at Kent State, we can then build out, okay, hey, you know, is it a normal seven-day workday in between those games when we go from Wednesday to Wednesday? Or do we have an extra day as we transition from, like, we got a 10-day buy built in, all right? And so we'll be able to look at where we're at, what the data looks like, what our analytics are telling us on how we need to best utilize those days to get good productive work and not just be working to work because we have those extra days, but, you know, be purposeful and, and be productive and be efficient, you know, within that time so we can go be our best on game day. Cause that's the day that matters. For sure. And looking at the schedule, it appears you guys don't have any short rest games this year, right. thankfully, which is the, I guess the real, uh, if you have to play like a Friday, Wednesday, that that's a, that's a tough turnaround, obviously. Um, so from a coaching perspective, I mean, you guys have faced the toughest schedule in the nation by far. I, if you could, I, I would like, you know, to, first of all, I do hope people watch more, more Mac games uh, after listening to this. And I think y'all's matchup against Ohio could be really exciting this weekend. I mean, Rourke's pretty good, pretty good player. And like, I, I know they had a challenge with their FCS game this weekend, but they, they could certainly score and even moved in on Penn State some. What, Andrew, I'll, I'll start with you. What, what did you see? You know, from from Washington and Oklahoma and, and Georgia. I guess we'll we'll start Washington. We'll bounce back and forth between you and JJ, and then we'll do a little, little Oklahoma, a little Georgia, just to kind of get give the fans at home a perspective of 
you know, what you're seeing in those teams from a coaching perspective when, when you watch them and when you play them. Yeah. Starting with Washington, the biggest challenge was they're a new staff. So you're watching Fresno State tape, watching a little bit of Washington with their personnel, watching the spring game. So putting that puzzle together is a challenge. Um, but obviously they're playing really well. The new coaching staff's doing a phenomenal job. That's a really good staff who's won a lot of ball games at a lot of different schools. So we knew they were going to be well coached. They're extremely sound. And uh, they came out and played really well against us, and they've played well all year. But personnel-wise, um, I felt like their D-line was really good. They've got big pluggers on the inside of the D-line, and they have three edge rushers that can come off the edge and make plays. And they're extremely deep up front. So that was the first thing that that's, that stood out, you know, on tape and in person and um, have a lot of re really good experience on the back end. I thought both their safeties were really good players and, and big, big guys. So they played well, um, again, really well coached. You can tell they've flipped that culture quickly and uh, those guys are playing well. JJ, from, from your perspective, I, I assume the, you know, the Washington scout might've been even, even more difficult, you know, just given that their offense is so drastically different than it was last year. Did you watch much, Washington tape from last year and if so just was it personnel focused I guess and how did you go about prepping for for what DeBoer runs on offense there we watched primarily Fresno State film um and then we watched some Indiana film to figure out what Penix was um but but they were like they we watched their spring game too and they made and hopefully people would say that if they watched our spring game defensively too but they they made huge huge improvement from the spring to the fall like their wide receivers um i thought were really really good the day that we played them and they didn't look awesome in the spring you know um they they but they were those guys were really really good and their offensive line did a nice job against us too nice yeah i, I remember the uh the polk kid they got i think i told this story on, on cover three but i before i was at 24 7 i was at houston nike camp and this polk kid was dominating and he didn't have much junior film. And then I think he had a collarbone or a knee or something senior year. And so we ended up kind of going a little under-recruited and then transferred in there. Um, yeah, I, they've been scoring points on on pretty much everybody this year. Uh, that's I, I don't think the whole uh, – their receivers were good against us is unique to you guys. <laughs> they seem to be uh, really good against Michigan State and uh, and Stanford this weekend as well. Uh, Andrew, offensively, you know, Clemson running a new scheme as well this year uh, on defense. For you guys, I assume, like JJ said, you watched a lot of Clemson. What what did you see as far as how much Clemson-style stuff Oklahoma's been able to run so far this year? Yeah, again, new staff, so we had to watch a couple of different teams. But when you watch Clemson last year, you know, Venables had been there for a long time. They had a really veteran defense, and so they were doing everything. I mean, all kinds of exotic pressures, moving guys all over the place. And with this being his second game at Oklahoma, you didn't quite see the variety of, of pressures and coverages that he did at Clemson. Um, they, they simplified a little bit, but they play really hard and obviously have a lot of talent at Oklahoma. And um, obviously Venables is a phenomenal defensive coach. They're doing a good job there. Um, but the differences, again, are just uh, they simplified a little bit, but they're playing really fast, um, you know, a guy that stood out for Oklahoma was Billy Bowman. I was incredibly impressed with him. Really good safety, really good open field tackler, and, um, you know, made a ton of plays against us. 
did you see Kansas State being able to like after having played Oklahoma? Were were you surprised Kansas State was able to have the like the QB run success that they were and it kind of able to push around Oklahoma's front? Yeah, I didn't get to watch much of that game, but um, I, I think it surprised me a little bit. I mean, those guys were pretty stout up front. You know, Reggie Grimes is a DN that's played really well for them. He's a really good pass rusher. Um, but I mean, you got to give credit to Kansas State. That's kind of who they always are. I mean, they're going to run the ball really well. They're a very tough physical team. So I don't want to say it was a huge surprise. And I know Kansas State's played really well against Oklahoma the last four or five years. Um, but those are two good football teams. JJ, obviously, I think you're a little more familiar with Oklahoma's offense uh, than, than Andrew was with, with, with Venable's defense, probably just, you know, having faced a, is it fair to say that they run something similar to what you guys run offensively? I would say it's identical to what yeah. we run. You know, they, and they are, like Marvin Mims is different. He's he's really really good. I we probably turned him into an All American in one night, and their their tailbacks I thought were really good too. But we were able to, you know, a lot of the things that we did in the spring, and that we did in fall camp, you know, as we were playing against our offense every day, we were able to carry over into that plan, which probably helped us, and then. Obviously, they made better adjustments as the game went than we did because they scored most of their points in the second half. For sure. Now, that first half you guys had was was incredible against them. Um, Kansas State seemed to limit them their ability to get the ball over the top, right, and, and, and force a lot of intermediate throws. Is that something that you know, maybe you guys weren't able to, to execute on for 60 minutes, but is that something you guys identified as as a an area to force them to try and execute in? Yes. Okay. Makes sense. It's it's a lot easier to tackle guys in front of you than the ones that are behind you. For sure. Uh, so Georgia, they have looked like an absolute killing machine for, for the first couple of weeks, and you guys played them like much closer than anybody has. I, I don't think anybody's taken them to the fourth quarter uh, so far this year. Andrew, what do you see from Kirby Smart's defense? Last year, I watched the Nike coaching clinic, and I'm not sure who put together the clips for Kirby, but in several instances, he was like, well, okay, we didn't actually play this right, but this guy just literally threw the center into the fullback, and that created a sack for us. So that was that was a great job by, by our nose guard. It seemed like they just had, well, they have six first rounders leave that defense. What what are you seeing uh, from from Georgia's defense now, uh, as far as you compare to watching them last year? Yeah, you know, obviously a lot of first rounders um, that were on the tape last year that aren't there anymore, but they're going to have guys that step up and become first rounders. Um, they are pretty young in some spots, but especially linebacker, but I thought those guys played really well. Um, all three of their linebackers were true freshmen last year and got some time and now they're sophomores and they're all, you know, stepping up and, and doing their thing. But obviously, you know, really good defensive line. They've got a ton of depth there. Obviously, uh, Coach Smart is invested in that group a ton and they were just rolling guys in and out against us. So, they stay fresh up front, make a lot of plays. Um, you know, at corner, Keely Ringo is maybe the best corner in the country. So we were expecting him to kind of move all over the place and play some different positions. Um, and, um, you know, he played well. He's, again, you know, always going to play well. But obviously a lot of talent. Um, and I think they've done a great job replacing those guys. They obviously recruit well every year. And the thing about Georgia, they've got the talent but they also play really hard and they don't make mistakes. They don't bust coverages. They don't give you a ton of explosive plays. They didn't give up a rushing touchdown all year until our game. They gave up three all of last season. So 
you got to fight for everything with those guys. Talent and great hustle and good coaching seems to work uh, work work pretty well. Uh, JJ, it seems like through three games, Georgia had just schemed guys wide open against everybody. How were y'all able to? I mean, first of all, I assume what were you seeing in in your prep, and then you guys did a, a nice job of not allowing not allowing created busts against them for the most part, or at least if if you did, they didn't capitalize on them. Or I, I didn't see them on the TV copy. What what were you seeing out of those guys? Well, they're they. They run about every different play in football that you can run. Um, they have a lot of offense. They have a lot of different presentations in terms of how they're getting to it with with motions and things like that. Um, but, we, you know, I mean, it's, it's the same thing really for us is we knew we couldn't let them get behind us. And, you know, they had a couple of wide receivers that were injured um, that that probably did have the ability to get behind us. Um, but but our kids did a good job, honestly, of executing that part of the plan. Um, you know, the second play of the game, the tight end took a jet sweep about 75 yards for a touchdown. Um, so that's where they got a big share of their their rush yardage was was really on that one play. And then they popped a couple of other runs. Um, their backs are really good and big. And, uh, you know, we didn't clamp and you know accelerate our feet on tackles a few times and probably gave them a few yards um that they didn't deserve that way or they that they didn't need to have all right so our listeners at home will appreciate this one especially our georgia listeners i've been not as big of a fan of stetson bennett as as some people have how wrong am i about this and what makes him tough to defend he's a baller he's got he's got moxie he's confident like really confident and he'll stand in the pocket and, and uh, you know, I mean, they're, I think they're good enough up front that he can feel pretty confident standing there. Like it's hard to get to him. It's really hard to get to him. And uh, you know, they, they kind of worked us in the throw game to the boundary a little bit. Um, I think, you know, structurally it's probably easier for teams to work it into the boundary. You know, we can turn the field into a science project um at times but um he's he's just good and he believes in what he's doing and he's confident and those two tight ends are always open i don't they can be covered and they're still open they made some unbelievable catches against us you you said mims is 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 different is is bowers the best individual player you guys have faced so far the tight end for georgia He's good. He and he and Mims, they're different, you know, but Mims is probably runs 10-2. I don't know. He's fast. And we we had a hard time keeping up with him. And Bowers is big and fast and has tremendous uh, ball skills. And he'll block your face off. Like, he's he's the whole package, I would say. That, that dude was good. No doubt about it. All right, Sean, having faced these three, I assume it's cleared like Georgia just from your prep and having played them, Georgia is a level above the other two on the field. Yeah, I mean, like alluding to what Coach Souter said and Coach JJ. I mean, they're they're talented and it doesn't matter the opponent. I mean, they they're fighting their opponent each and every single week is is perfection, right? Like they don't want to give up a blade of grass. And they they play tremendously hard and their talent, the the depth and the breadth of their talent is is really, really something. So yeah, they're 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 a cut above. All right, if Washington and Oklahoma played on a neutral field tomorrow, given how you guys played against them and, and how you prepped for them, 
do you have a lean there? Like, like who do you think is 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 one better than the other? And if so, uh, why? I think, I think it's a toss up. I mean, honestly, they're they're both explosive, dynamic units. I mean, both extremely well coached, and you know, they they're they present so many different problems in so many different ways that flip a coin. I mean, they're they're both incredible ball clubs that. I mean, new staffs are playing hard for, and it, it's uh, it's really a football coin to me. No doubt about it. Kent State plays Ohio this weekend as their homecoming ball game, looking to start one and zero in the MAC. Really excellent matchup for quarterbacks here with with, with Schley and Rourke, and uh, Coach JJ's got his got his work cut out for him on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, you know, Coach Souter as well. Good luck to you guys this week. I really appreciate y'all joining us on Cover Three. This, this was fun. Thanks for having us. Thank you. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.